for me, the purpose of investing is, is to buy freedom. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Remo, Remo, welcome back to the second episode of the Swisspreneur Show with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Today, we're going to talk about personal finance tips for entrepreneurs, but also for any private individual out there, I guess. So after many long years as a founder, you decided to actually retire from startups and become a private investor. From your perspective, who leads a more stressful life, the entrepreneur or the investor? <laughs> yeah, so that's really an easy one. Uh, so definitely the founder is, is more stressful. But uh, yeah, only with the, with the investing strategy that, that I have, I, I think there are many very stressful investing strategies as well if you do day trading and stuff like that. But uh, for, for me personally, definitely the, the founder job was, was more stressful. We heard in the previous episode that you felt you didn't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. So why was then becoming an investor the logical, the good next step for you? Yeah, so I actually was was interested in in investing in stocks ever since I was a teenager. So for me, it was a natural it was a natural evolution, and I also invested or or learned about investing during all my startup days. And and actually, I have to say that I learned a lot. So Warren Buffett has this famous quote that I'm a better investor because I'm a businessman. I'm a and, and I'm a better businessman because I'm an investor. And I really felt that to be true. So I learned so much about. Um, entrepreneurship from studying investing and and vice versa so i think it's it's uh it's the perfect it's the perfect next next step for me you know you had your network and also your experience in the startup world so why didn't you decide to join a vc fund or a business angel network instead to become actually an investor yes yeah, somehow i i was just never interested in doing investing as a as a career and I think one of my core values um, in my life is to simplify my life, to not complicate my life. And both venture capital as well as being a business angel just seemed too complicated to me. It's a lot of manual work, a lot of uh, deal flow. You need to go to networking events and things like that. It's not 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 things I'm I'm really passionate uh, about and and interested in. So uh, yeah, investing in public stocks I think for me currently is a much better fit. But of course, I'm I'm super passionate about entrepreneurship, and I uh, coach a lot of uh, startups and and try to help them as as much as I can. And maybe I will change my mind in the future. But uh, yeah, for now, I let the professionals do it. Makes sense. And was it ever an option for you to become a full time money manager and also manage the funds of others potentially, or have your own investment fund instead of the the VC fund, for example? Yeah, for for many years I was actually thinking about that, okay. and uh, but again, I I really it just didn't appeal to me to do it as a as a full time as a full time thing because yeah I think it goes back to the to the freedom uh, thing. I I really wanted to have my own freedom, and I think managing other people's money is is uh, yeah is a really big responsibility. I I have some friends and family that that I that I do manage, but it's it's on a non-professional level. It's it's on a it's on the side, and I think uh, yeah, right now I want to I want to keep it like that. So you're retired from the startup game. You're an investor now nowadays. 
Um, I know there's no such thing of a typical day, but how does a day in your life look like these days? Hmm, good question. I'm actually quite quite structured um, because, uh, yeah, I think structure is, is important. So I have a, a, a very uh, good morning routine. So when I wake up, I do a short workout uh, between 7 and 30 minutes. Uh, to just get my get my blood flowing, um, I do my reflections, my my uh, uh, yeah journaling and and things like that to just have a proper foundation uh, for for my day. But but then really it's 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 really yeah I just follow I just follow my my flow and I follow my intuition. So I I do a lot of uh, there are times that where I do a lot of uh, creative projects, and there are times where I. Uh, yeah, I'm not at the computer at all, so I I just try to try to follow follow my heart in in that respect. Makes sense. Go with the flow. Um, they, there, Naval said something like motivation is perishable. You have to act upon it once it hits you. So I think this is a beautiful quote to really get into this state of create something. You cannot force it, but when it hits you, just keep going. Yes, exactly. And I think it it ebbs and flows. But on the other hand, I think it's also dangerous to, to have that mindset. Okay. Uh, there, there's a great book by Seth Godin. It's called The Practice, where he argues the exact opposite. He argues that uh, creativity is basically uh, just a, a, a process mm -hmm. uh, that you just need to build the right habits. Or basically, if you want to be a blogger, you need to blog. And to blog, you need to open right. the computer. You need to open the composer. <laughs> so just open the composer and yeah. write a blog post. Then you're a blogger. And if you do that every day, you're a daily blogger. And the same with videos, the same with other things. So, so I think uh, you can learn a lot from both approaches. But uh, yeah, actually, both speak to me. So, so I, I have I have times where I'm super motivated, and then it flows automatically. But I also have times where it doesn't flow so well. So that I'm I'm a little bit more grateful for a little bit more structure. Makes sense. So, of course, to become an investor, you had to very wisely also manage your personal finances in order to build up enough capital to actually be able to invest. You even created a personal finance online course that I also took, very inspiring and, and really great content there. So now I'd, I would really like to talk about these personal finance tips, basically the blueprint that anybody can apply and uh, execute if they wish to do so. So... First, the most important question, why should I actually invest at all, even more so if I eventually even earn a good salary these days? Yeah, I think that the thing to, to understand is that you can't really become wealthy just with the, with the salary alone or with just saving alone. Um, I think you really need to make use of, of compound interest. I think that's that's the most important thing. And then you really need to ask yourself, yeah, what's why? What what's the purpose for you? And for me, the purpose of investing is is to buy freedom, and uh, because I really believe that time is the most valuable resource that we all have. So learning to invest um, uh, is a way to to buy actually more more time and and to buy more freedom. And that sounds like a like a really uh, appealing idea to me. And if you then think it. If you then think it a step further and if you're really lucky and if you're able to build up enough resources, then you could actually yeah, also make an impact uh, that is that is bigger through philanthropy or, or supporting causes that are important to you. So, so I think it's, it's just a very 
wise skill sets to to build up to to be an owner and and not only a consumer right in that regard is there an end goal uh, as an investor you know, if you want to buy time if you want to buy freedom is there a specific amount that you need to have invested to get to that point or do you strive for always more always more is always better no i think that the most important part for me personally is uh, that it's sustainable so um for, for me of course i don't want to um yeah the great analogy is is to have a tree with with fruits so i don't want to chop up the tree and and use it as firewood i just want to live from from the fruit from the tree so so as long as i'm preserving the the tree i'm i'm happy and 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 as long as it's sustainable uh, it 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 works and of course it it depends on on your cost structure uh, usually in in uh, what what people recommend is is to have something like uh, 25 times your uh, costs in in assets so if your cost basis is uh, 50000 uh, per year then you would need uh, something like 1.25 million or something in in assets to to finance that and if you have a family and your cost is 100000 then you would need like two and a, two and a half million swiss francs to 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 have this uh, sustainable uh, sustainable way of living so for me that's that's the first step but but really for for me investing is it's just a thing that's that's running on the sides. It's for me the same, like uh, yeah, dealing with my health or dealing with my relationships. So it's it's an important part of my life, mm -hmm. and I I uh, don't see any reason why why anyone would want to stop that. Fair point. You also talked about compounding interest. This is a very powerful effect that we can use as investors. Please explain how that works and what it exactly is. Yeah, so so the idea is is simple. Um, again, we we can use this analogy from from nature. So instead, when when you when you're having a plant and and that plant uh, generates seeds, you you have the decision: you can eat the seeds or you can plant the seeds and you can uh, cultivate them and you can cultivate a tree and then you can put a lot of work into it and at one point the tree will generate fruits and then you can. Basically, from the fruits, you have uh, more seeds. You can plant those seeds, and then you can basically compound, uh, compound your assets. And and that's exactly that's exactly the idea. So so it's basically the idea of investing is to forego present purchasing power to have more purchasing power later. That that's the basic that's the basic idea of of investing. And it's the same what what. Uh, uh, yeah, what what uh, what what gardeners do? They they plant seeds, they 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 water trees and and flowers, and I think that's a that's a beautiful way to to describe it. And yeah, when when you when you invest like that, then it actually grows and multiplies. It's not a linear process. If you if you watch a tree, it's it's not linear. It it produces thousands and tens of thousands of seeds. It's it's not that one tree one tree produces one seed. And it's it's the same it's the same with investing. So so it it multiplies in a non-linear way and and that's actually what generates this compound effect. And and uh, yeah when people talk about compound interest they actually talk about this uh, exponential growth that you can potentially have when when you invest. So in that regard, you also, as you said, you sort of say, okay, I don't use that money today, but I invest it to have more in the future. So critiques might also say, yeah, but then you don't really live in the right now. You you basically 
um, give everything up for a better future, but what's about the now and here? So how do you, you know, execute that strategy without having a too much negative impact for your current, for the, for the now and here? I think that's a that's a very important question that everybody needs to needs to ask uh, needs to ask him him and herself. Um, yeah, how much do, are you willing to sacrifice basically for for the future? And uh, for for me, what I learned from my startup days was to live very frugally. So so we never had a lot of money. We never paid ourselves a, a huge salary. We started with 1000 Swiss francs whenever we needed it. It wasn't even regularly. And then we, when it was 2,500, we felt like kings. So, so we always knew how to live very frugally. And I think it, it stayed that way. And, and I would, I would recommend that to, to anyone to basically adopt a student's lifestyle and to, and to never leave that. Uh, because that there's this one problem that humans have and they get used to a better lifestyle and that's uh, what's what's called the hedonic treadmill so whenever you upgrade your lifestyle it's good for three months or six months or maybe a year but then you get used to it and then you want the next upgrade and it never stops humans are insatiable so it's it's really important to to know uh, to know that and and to to just be happy with what you have and and for us it was for for me it was naturally but uh that 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 helps me that helps me a lot but of course when you then come to a to a certain point uh and and it works for you then i think you can you can lose lose it up a little bit so so uh because yeah again the purpose of of uh having this system or or having a sustainable money machine is is that you don't have to think about money as as much anymore. And if you always obsess about each uh, franc that you spend or don't spend, it it defeats the purpose, right? So yeah. so I think it's yeah to just have the right habits and then yeah stop thinking about money. I think is is the is the is the best is the best thing. And and for me, I I really want to be a yeah material things have never been really important to me so so i i optimize for i optimize for simplicity in my life i optimize for happiness i optimize for time for freedom and uh and uh, yeah that's 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 way more important for me than than consuming uh, all the time and then you eventually realize that you don't actually need that much to have a good life yeah exactly and and there again uh, the stoic philosophy helps me a lot there because this the stoic philosophy they have a they have a very good uh, exercise where you imagine. So Stoics help you to be happy with what you already have to to short circuit this hedonic treadmill. So what they do instead, instead of wanting more and hoping for, for a better lifestyle, you imagine that you lose what you already have. So imagine that you lose your eyesight. Imagine that you lose your two legs. Imagine that you lose your uh, three-bedroom apartment and only have a one-bedroom apartment. And then really imagine it vividly and then go back to the present moment, open your eyes and see, I have two eyes, I have two legs, I have a three-bedroom apartment. And then you're super happy with what you have. And it's so simple and and it could, yeah, it could... Uh, alleviate so much suffering in the world because people are chasing just yeah they are staying in their job just to consume their lifestyle that they don't really want and don't really need and it's uh, not really sustainable uh, from my point of view absolutely 
So now we understood why we should actually invest and why everybody should actually become an investor to a certain degree. Before I can actually start to invest, what aspects of my life or my financial life, better said, should I get in order before I can actually start investing? Yeah, so the underlying process, um, I think, is is very simple. And and here's my framework. So so it's a it's a simple seven step process. The first step is to spend less than you earn. That's the basis for all of it. The second step is to pay back pay back all your debts that you have. The third step is to build up a cash reserve. Uh, the fourth step is to leverage your unique skills, personality, and talents into more income. Uh, maybe build a side business, and then with 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 this with this money to buy assets that earn while you sleep, and with those assets, with those earnings, you can you can buy freedom. That's the basic, that's the basic process. But of course, before you invest, uh, I always recommend to spend time to really learn the basics and to bring your finances in order because yeah. some people yeah have a mess in their paperwork they don't even know what they spend at, uh, and things like that so uh, that can be very costly if if you if you run that uh, basically if you if you do that blindly so so yeah get your get your bank accounts in order get your finances in order uh, know how much you spend know whether you're spending more or less than you earn and and then also um yeah, learn the basics. Don't don't just uh, don't just invest blindly because uh, that can backfire very easily. Yeah, you already said that everybody should be an owner or an investor to a certain degree, but there are also other benefits if we all follow down that path. I think you mentioned something uh, regarding the wealth gap. Could you elaborate a bit more on that? Yeah. So in 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 my opinion, um, I think the world would be a much better place if people were not just consumers, but but also owners. And I, I yeah, I haven't studied the wealth gap like super deeply, but I believe that one of the causes is that we have one group of people that are owners and are compounding their wealth, and we have a other huge group that don't own anything, are basically just workers and consumers. And uh, yeah, no wonder. Um, uh, we 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 have a growing wealth gap if if that's if that's the case and I I really believe uh, I think if we go back uh, a few hundred years uh, to the agrarian society etc then all people were basically business owners you had your own like farm and you sold your products so everyone was basically an entrepreneur an owner a business owner and I think this this disparity between owners and non-owners i think is a is a quite recent thing in history uh, maybe in the past 100 years uh, from the industrial Re revolution and i think uh, it would really help if we would um yeah if if basically every worker everyone would would also be an owner of the company that they work uh, that they work for or even even other companies uh, because that's the that's the engine of the of the world economy and if 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 you have a piece of that then you benefit from it and if you don't then you don't benefit from it and and uh, that's that's the consequences that we see i find that a very refreshing take or view of the world that i never thought about myself uh, so far how do you think could we get more consumers to become or actually develop this operator, this owner mindset? Yeah, I think f the first step is is to to have the awareness uh, why it's important, um, and and I think it's 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 important because yeah, the the world the world economy is 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 going well. The world economy is growing; it has been growing for for a long time. 
And you can only, in a capitalistic society, you can only profit from that if you're actually an owner. And if you're an owner, then you can compound your, your resources. So, so I, I think that's, that's really the understanding is, is super important. And then of course it, it becomes a question of how to implement it. And I totally see that there are a lot of people that just trying to make ends meet and they don't have, have any cash to invest. I, I, I get that. But if you're such a lucky person that has a surplus and that can afford to do it, I think it's, it's foolish if you, if you, if you don't take advantage of it because it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's up there for grabs and and it's a it's a very easy way to to uh, uh, to make your life better. I think. So I think now we really got the mindset why we should get started and start investing. Let's dive right in. I'm ready now. Where do I start my investment journey? So probably the first question that everybody asks themselves is how much can I actually afford to invest? Yeah, I think it depends on your on your investing on your investing strategy and and what you and and what you want to get get out of it. But for me personally, in 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 my process is yeah that first of course you need to spend less than you earn, so you need to have a surplus. If if you're not sustainable in the first step, then yeah you need to fix that first. Yeah. Then please don't think about investing first. Or if you have a huge pile of debt, you need to first uh, take care of that. But but then for me actually, um, other than a, a safety fund, other than a, a cash reserve, I'm basically investing everything because uh, cash is a really bad store of value. If if you if you look at the U.S. dollar in the past 100 years, I think it lost 95 percent of of purchasing power. It's it's really a death of a thousand paper cuts. You you don't notice it year by year. It only loses a percent or whatever per year or two percent. But uh, you really don't feel it. But when you look back 10, 20, 30 years, it, it eats up a lot. So, so just working hard and saving and putting that in a, in a bank account is just not enough. And, and yeah, if, if you then have the confidence, then I would, I would recommend to invest as much as possible um, uh, yeah, in addition to, to having a, a, a cash reserve. How big should that cash reserve be, or how do I actually determine the right number for that cash reserve? I think everyone has a has a different opinion here, but my personal um, opinion is that I'm a big believer in having a cash reserve of at least six months, um, of up to actually thirty six months of of living expenses. So personally, I always have a a, a cash reserve of at least two years. Um, that's conservative, but it really helps me be calmer and sleep better at night. And knowing that even if there is a huge crash, um, then I can wait it out for at least two years. And usually in two years, uh, it, it should recover. Uh, so, so, uh, but if, if you have a good job, if, if, if you have a surplus, I think, uh, at least three months, but I would, I would rather go for, for six months so that you can, yeah, so that you can afford Imagine that your parents get sick and you want to be with them for, for the last months or you want to take a sabbatical or you just have a medical emergency. I mean, it's always good to have a cash reserve. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm a really uh, big believer in that. And do I actually need a budget to, you know, to calculate all of that? <laughs> so personally, I never had... Uh, budget. Many people are believers in, in, in budgets and are tracking all the expenses in, in apps and things like that. But I personally use a, a different tool. I call it personal financial statement. 
So, so you know, like uh, uh, companies have uh, company financial statements, a balance sheet and profit and loss statements. And I do the same thing for my personal life. So I just do snapshots like every six months or every three months or every each year. I just take a snapshot and, and create a profit and loss statement. So how much money am I making? How much am I am I spending? And also how, how are my, my assets and liabilities looking like? And, and that gives me basically uh, the number of how much monthly cash flow I have if I have a surplus on the on the profit and loss level and and also how much uh, cash I have, how much cash reserve I have. So that's like a, a simplified version of a, of a budget where I just do it uh, in, a, in a snapshot form because I just find it too tedious to like uh, scan every receipt and, and things like yeah. that. But there are people that that do that and it works for them. So I would I would say uh, do do whatever do whatever uh, works for you. But uh, I think it's definitely recommended to have an idea of how much you earn and how much you spend. And, and there's also important that you put, for example, yearly expenses in there and, and, you, and you break it down monthly. So for example, your tax bill should be in there. Your yearly insurance costs should be in there. If you have a car, maybe the depreciation uh, and amortization costs should also be, be in there. So you really have a full picture. Uh, if you, for example, have to replace a car in five or 10 years, that's really also a true part of your, of your costs. So, so be honest there and, and know your real picture. But then once you have that, I, I don't think you, you really need an elaborate budget. Is there any, any template that people could download with your personal uh, balance sheet template? Um, it's not available publicly, but but it's available in my in my course. I, I have I have it in there. You can you can download it there. But it's yeah, it's it's not rocket science. It's exactly as I as I uh, as I described. So it's uh, listing everything that you earn, everything that you that you spend, all your assets, all your liabilities. It's a super simple Excel sheet. I think uh, you you don't need a template for that. <laughs> Makes sense. So. Okay, now I have my my finances in order. I know what my budget is and how much I can actually afford to invest. What should I actually invest it in? That's the biggest next question that I have to ask myself. What should I invest in? What's the what do I have available as an investment? What should I actually invest in? What's your take on this? Yeah, so I'm a I'm a actually a big believer that you should only first and foremost only invest in things that you really understand or that you at least have have covered the basics uh, about and uh, but having said that i think the vast majority of of people i think should just continue to live their own lives to just uh, continue with their job and not bother about spending a lot of time thinking about their investments um so if you're one of these people um you simply have to ask yourself um, some some basic questions. So, for example, do you believe that humanity is at the end of its progress? Or do you believe that the population will still grow, that new innovations will emerge, and that ultimately the world economy will grow? So you need to ask yourself, do you believe that 20, 30 years from now, um, the world economy will be much larger? Or do you think we're at the end of progress? If you think we're at the end of progress, yeah, then I think uh, don't bother investing because uh, it doesn't make any sense. But um, I have, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a big believer that we're not at the end of progress. That population will grow. That new innovations will emerge. That the economy will become more global, more digital, and that the world economy will grow a lot in in the in the in the next decades. So when that's the case, 
then the best strategy is to simply buy a piece of the world economy. And I think most people don't understand that because most people dive into the technicals. They, they just think about, do I have to buy a mutual fund or an ETF or whatever, but they don't really understand what it is. What an index ETF is, it's just buying a piece of the world economy. And if you understand what it is, um, uh, for example, that there are ETFs that have 4,000 of the largest companies um, in the world. So then you are a shareholder of the largest 4,000 companies in the world. Always the 4,000 largest. So if the new Amazon comes or the new Google, it will automatically be added. You never need to think about which company will be the winner or not. It's really a beautiful, beautiful way to invest. So just treat it as a, as a savings account and uh, buy a piece of the world economy each month, each quarter, each year. And, and and never sell. And when you do that for long enough um, and, and there is no catastrophe, then uh, you should actually do, do really, really well. And the small minority of people that actually really love investing and really want to spend a lot of time, uh, then of course, uh, those people can, can mix it up uh, and, and, and buy other things. But I think for the vast majority of people, buying a share of the, of the world economy is, is I think, a very good uh, way to invest. Yeah, I fully agree. You also said that you subscribe to the Warren Buffett School of Investment. What does that exactly mean? Yeah, so again, as, as I said before, we, we really need to understand what is investing. Mm-hmm. Investing is foregoing today's purchasing power. So you have more purchasing power later. That's like the basis. And, and the logical conclusion from that is that you that true investing is buying things that are undervalued or things where you believe that the probability is there that they will be worth a lot more in the future. And so it's not about trading. It's not about chart analysis. It's not about any of that. It's it's really about um, fundamental. It's, it's about the fundamentals of a business or asset that you want to buy. And if you find something you like, you just hold it for a very long time. And that's basically the, the approach of, of Warren Buffett. He is basically a collector of businesses. He understands it really well. Um, and and I, I like that uh, philosophy a lot. Before we continue with the show, we would like to introduce you to our new partner, Nuco. Nuco helps founders navigate the paperwork that starting a company involves. From the first consultation all the way to the commercial register, Nuco has helped more than 900 entrepreneurs start their company, and they do so at highly competitive prices. To find out more, visit nuco.ch slash Swisspreneur. Again, that's nuco.ch slash Swisspreneur. And now, on with the show. So how do you practice that yourself? Do you also do intensive analysis and then decide to go into that company and buy and hold it for the very long term? Yeah, so I'm I'm actually in the in the second in the second camp. I I really enjoy the the process of of investing even though I don't want to do it uh, full time. I I I enjoy the process of of looking at companies, of of trying to find the winners. But but um, really, it's not necessary. If, if I if I look back, I, I recently did an analysis of the past five years, and if I invested in index uh, in, in the world economy, uh, 
it it wasn't much worse. It was similar than what I did myself. So I actually spent a lot of time and energy for for a similar <laughs> result. So um, yeah, uh, it's totally fine to to do the first approach. It's actually really a good good way to invest. But I personally. Yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit sometimes overconfident. I, I I really feel that I can beat the market, or or I I want to be in control, and and uh, yeah, so far it 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 didn't uh, lead to worse results. So so I'm I'm super happy with that, and and I really en enjoy that. So so for me, buying a, an ETF would be a little bit too. Um, giving up too much control, so I really love to to go deep into into companies and try to understand them. And and my own philosophy is that I try to um, I try to find owner operators because that's the people that I can really uh, connect to because I was I was one myself. So so that's my main criteria. I only invest in owner operators, and I try to invest in companies that have a really ru long runway, mm -hmm. um, that that have a really high rate of innovation, high rate of growth. Um, so so uh, obviously that's that's a lot in the in the tech and innovation sector, and I I just try to find the the companies that I feel will be the winners for for the long term, and and I buy them and I hold them and I I very rarely trade. Fantastic. I for me it was surprising when I actually also started to to research the investment topic that very few people are actually able to beat the markets long term. It's it's almost impossible. It's super hard. It's really super hard. And and yeah, Warren Buffett and his business partner Charlie Munger they 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 talk about it a lot. They they say that there are actually too many money managers in the world, and I really believe that there are so many people, especially here in Switzerland, the banking industry, that are investing their whole life energy to to trying to beating the markets. They fail, and yeah. So basically, what what do you have to show for it? So and and investing is really it's it's weird. It's it's one of those industries where you can underperform, have a worse performance, and still get paid really well and yeah. not lose your job. I mean, yeah. if you're a, a, a barber and you do a, a bad job, you, you lose your shop, you, you won't have any customers, but but uh, you can underperform the market for years, even for decades, and yeah. you can still make a lot of cash in the, in the financial industry. So I think that's that's a, yeah, a little bit a little bit sad from from my perspective. But uh, yeah, I, I really I really believe that uh, uh, that yeah, doing a simple investing strategy is, is enough. Yeah. And and uh, just taking the market return is actually beautiful. That it, On average, it's between 6 to 10%, including dividends. So yeah, it's, it's actually enough. You, you don't need you don't need more. Agree. Is there also something that I should absolutely not invest at all costs that I just just stay away from that? Yeah, so I would I would say the most important thing is to really only invest in things you understand and where you can articulate, even if it's just a, a, a very uh, yeah shallow one, but where you can articulate uh, your own investment thesis of why you are investing and and why you believe that it's a it's a good it's a good port purchase and why you believe it will be worth a lot more in the future. Because yeah, the stupidest mistakes personally I have made is where I blindly followed people. Um, without doing my own research or, or uh, yeah, not doing enough research. So, so I think that's 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 an important thing. And to also know, uh, that's also what Warren Buffett talks about a lot: to having to know your own circle of competence, 
to know what you understand. Because some people, for example, your parents had, I don't know, a real estate portfolio and you're a real estate family. Then of course, you understand real estate. So go into real estate, don't do stocks. But personally, I'm, I'm not really um, uh, attracted to real estate. Uh, stocks speak to me more. So so just find the area where, where you feel attracted to. And I think in, in, in almost any area you can make money. You can if, if you're a good art collector, you can make a lot of money with with art. So right. I, I think, uh, but but you need to be honest with yourself to to know what you're good at and and what what you're not good at. I like that. So now, okay, we understood that ETFs are probably uh, the, a good investment vehicle for for most people out there. If I want to invest in 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 an ETF, how do I actually do it the best way possible? Because there are several things to look out for to not pay too many fees or to to use the wrong broker, I guess. Yeah, I think it it, it depends on on what your investing strategy is. If you're really a long term buy and hold investor and you and you simply buy once per quarter, once per six months, once per year, I think then it really is is not that important um, what the cost structure is because you're not trading as much of course if you're a day trader then then it's your bread and butter right but still i would i would still choose or try to choose a low cost um uh, broker but with a good reputation so so always um do your own uh, research uh try to find negative reviews try to find problems um, um personally i use interactive brokers um, I, I use them historically. I, I like them because they are owner operated. I think the owner still uh, owns seventy percent of the of the business. Um, but but still, yeah, do do your own research, and and uh, uh, that's that's certainly important. But also when it comes to to brokers, I think the the more important thing is um, to to not only choose a, a reputable one, a good one. But then also to set up intentional barriers. For example, especially today with the modern, like app-based brokers, I think it can be super dangerous uh, to to have to to always be logged into your brokerage account, to always receive notifications. So I also set up intentional barriers, um, especially on my phone. So I'm never logged into any brokerage app on my phone. I don't use any widgets. I don't. Uh, I'm not notified uh, by any stock prices because you can't be a long-term investor if you're like bombarded by notifications every five minutes and <laughs> are thinking about, wow, the stock pumped for 10%. Should I now sell or not? Um, yeah, so so you first need to decide if you want to be a long-term investor, then I think you need to also change your uh, yeah change your system and change your habits to to reflect that. Okay, now we know what we want to invest in, how we want to invest it. But the question is also, what's the best strategy to do so? Do I invest all the money at once? Should I buy monthly or quarterly? Or what would you recommend people to do here to also really optimize their, their setup? Yeah, so I personally, the, the longer I now I now um, have thought about it, I, I always prefer now dollar cost averaging, mm -hmm. which is, um, which is, yeah, automating the decisions and and not thinking about when to invest so so it's it's much less stressful because you treat it with dollar cost averaging you treat it like a savings account you you don't try to time the market you simply invest on a on a fixed schedule um when when you when you when you have have a fixed amount of money and then you basically uh, profit from a very good average price 
because the worst thing that, that can happen is, for example, when you sell your startup or something, and then you invest everything at once, you invest at the peak, and then you can easily be down 20, 30, or even 40%. Mm-hmm. If you invest at the wrong time, and that can be super stressful if you uh, start out with a with a lar- larger sum. So um, when you dollar cost average, again, you simply invest on a fixed schedule. Um, you just put it into your calendar. When it comes up, you just execute it without thinking about it, or you even automate it with your with your brokerage account. Mm-hmm. And then the result is that sometimes you get a very good price because it dipped. Sometimes you get a little bit a higher price, but you never get the high price. You always have a nice average price. Yeah. And and if you do that long enough, then then it's a it's a really good good strategy to to do. Makes sense. Is there also you know. I, I cannot really time the market. That's basically what you're saying here, right? I cannot try to say, okay, now it's it's cheap and now I should invest more money uh, to then reap future gains. So what you're basically saying, it's it's incredibly hard, almost impossible to actually time the market. I mean, you can, of course, it's a it's a natural human tendency that, that we have the urge to, to time the market, especially if we look backwards. Yeah. We always imagine, oh, if, if, I, <laughs> if I bought here and sold here, it, it would be all great. But uh, yeah, it's it's um, yeah mostly mostly in in retrospect, uh, and it's really hard to time the market. I, I I won't say it's it's impossible. What you can do, you can price the market. For example, that's what what Warren Buffett does. So when you really understand the business and you understand what the business is worth, and right. then you get offered it for half the price. Then of course you can take advantage of that, but but that's being a professional investor. But if you're uh, someone who just wants to um, in, in invest automatically and and live uh, his or her own life, then I think uh, yeah, forget about timing the market. Just um, invest consistently. And what's really more important than timing the market is time in the market. So, um, for example, if if you if you bought Amazon in uh, 2010 or 2012 or 2014, it's, you really don't care if the price was 10% higher or 10% lower. What you really care about is that you hold it for almost a decade and that it multiplied many times over. Or even if you bought the world economy uh, 10, 15 or whatever years ago, then it's, 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 it's much higher than it, than it was before. And whether it's 5% higher or lower, it, it really doesn't matter. So when you really care about um, the long term and you really care about the fundamentals, I think it's, it's a fool's errand to try to time the market. And, and uh, yeah, the, the other thing is I'm, I'm also really interested in, in finding what I call 100 baggers. Uh, that's these are stocks that return 100 times or more uh, of of the value. So so they multiply 100 times or more. But uh, uh, there are studies that that studied these stocks. But it takes on average 25 years to achieve that. Wow. So even if you have a rocket ship company, even have, if you have the Amazons and Googles or uh, whatever's of the world, it still takes 10, 15, 20, 25 years to do that. So yeah that uh, helps to adjust the the 
your your time horizon. So there is no shortcut. Even if you pick the winners, even if you picked Google in 2005 or, or 2010, you still need to ride it out for a decade or more to really reap the benefit. And and why stop there? Why not just keep it keep it running? So um, yeah, I think really staying invested is is so much more important than trying to pick the the right time. I love that statement. Don't worry about timing the market. Focus on time in the market. That's fantastic. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on you know the the product costs and also the the trading fees itself? Is there any range that you say that's a, a good range to to be in uh, above that? I wouldn't go because it's too expensive. Or any thoughts on on the fees and the product costs that you also have whenever you do investing? Yes, that's super important. So especially if you're in the first group that just wants to automate uh, your investments, I think product costs and fees are super important and. I urge anyone to always uh, read the fine print, especially of like mutual funds. You always have hidden fees and and uh, uh, entry fees and exit fees and, and things like that. That can really uh, make a huge negative impact. So yeah, just be be yeah, just invest with open eyes and 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 uh, look for for hidden hidden fees, and then also just look to to minimize your your fees, of course. So if you only have, for example. Uh, 500 Swiss francs per month to invest, then probably don't invest monthly, maybe invest each uh, three months or each six months. Uh, so so that your uh, uh, percentage uh, transaction costs are not really, yeah. really high. So so I think um, if you're a long term investor, anything that's probably less than than 1% of the purchase price, I think you will be fine. And if you can do it much, much lower than then it's then it's even then it's even better. Nice. So now we set up our system. We are investing on a monthly or quarterly basis with the automated uh, system that you just discussed. Is there any moment when I actually stop investing? You know, when, when I just say, okay, I have enough. Um, that's it for now. I stop paying uh, into my monthly savings investment account. Yeah, so I... I really believe that that investing is is an ongoing thing, a, a key part of a modern person's life. Like, uh, yeah, uh, taking care of your health and 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 uh, things like that. So I don't think that there is a time when you should should stop invest. Uh, yeah, again, Warren Buffett is now ninety years old. His business partner is ninety seven <laughs> years old. Yeah. They're still investing. They're still in the game. So if if uh, they uh, still invest, then I don't see a reason why any of us uh, should invest uh, should should stop investing any anytime sooner. But of course, I mean, uh, circumstances can can change. Um, if if you if you've piled up so so much resources that you just want to I don't know give give back early, you see a huge problem in the world, you, you want to tackle it now, then it's of course uh, very legitimate to 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 stop it. But um, if not, then I would I would keep going. Makes sense. You also mentioned uh, own mistakes that you made in the past. So what were some of the biggest mistakes you've made as an investor? Yeah, so I've made so many mistakes. I think we could we could fill the whole episode <laughs> with with it. But I think the the largest ones were yeah, where I really bought things that I don't understand or where, where I blindly followed other people because I trusted them or yeah, just try to be try to be smart to to outsource my research to them. Um that always um ended up biting me. Um, I also once tried to time the market and failed miserably. Um, so, so that's never good. And of course, not holding long enough. So, so 
Um, that's why I now um, am so focused on the on the long term because uh, yeah, you always have this urge. You always that that's the downside of of uh, public stock investing that you can sell at any time. That's uh, right. so so it really needs this uh, conviction that that uh, if you have this thesis that in ten years the company will be much bigger, then there's really not a reason to to sell now, and you always need to. Um, yeah, go back to that reason and 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 think back to why you actually invested, so that you yeah don't don't sell uh, don't sell earlier. Makes sense. You know, you mentioned the importance of stoicism to your life philosophy, and I just wonder if one day you lost all your money, would you still be able to be a stoic person? Yeah, so I think the the disclaimer is I I never experienced uh, losing everything, so I I really I yeah can't can't answer it uh, uh, from from firsthand experience, but what I would say is that for me um, Stoic philosophy is is a, just a super useful life philosophy. It's it's an operating system for the mind. And it's especially useful in very challenging times. Yeah. So, for example, Seneca was was banned, uh, was exiled to an island. He lost everything, and and he wrote a lot of things uh, from from that time. So, so you can actually experience it from people that experienced such things firsthand. And and he was able to um, have peace of mind, um, uh, yeah, despite of it. So so that gives me a little bit of hope. But of course. I think it also helps to take a step back. So, yeah, we will all lose everything when we die. So, it's sometimes good to to put all of this into into uh, into this perspective. And and I personally have a framework for for living a good life. It's health, wealth, love, and happiness, basically in in that order. But but the first one is actually the most important: health. So if um your wealthy but you feel miserable and and you 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 feel like crap and and uh you're basically not happy then uh yeah all the wealth in the world yeah won't won't do much much good uh, for you so i really believe that um health especially mental health always comes first mm -hmm. and uh that's that's super important and and really have this this long-term perspective but but yeah i think in a modern society if 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 uh, we lost everything i think it it would probably be a bigger challenge than than uh, than we would assume true in that regard i also love what naval said on on his podcast he said you know a fit body a calm mind and a house full of love are things that you cannot buy you have to earn them and i think money in that regard as he also said it's it solves all your money problems but not anything beyond that so there are still many other aspects as you just mentioned for your life formula so to speak um that you need to to take care of and to prioritize that you can just not solve with any investment or any money that you have on your bank account yeah exactly exactly money money just solves the money problem it's an important problem a lot of people lose a lot of sleep uh, over it especially if they don't have enough i i totally get it i i was the same thing but uh, yeah and and it's the purpose of money is to buy freedom but then the question is, what do you do with the freedom? So, so that's uh, exactly. I think m much more important. But and so I don't want to have money all, all the time on on my minds, basically, and and to and to and to have it uh, uh, to have it all all on in my focus. That makes sense. 
So now we've talked about a lot of how to get started as an investor, how to uh, take care of your financial life and go more towards freedom. Of course, this was all for information purposes only and not any investment advice. But I just still wonder, are there any you know closing thoughts, any additional things that you would like to add to today's discussion conversation? Yeah, I think I would I would like to go back to to the health uh, topic and and especially to mental health. I think it's uh, mental health is I think a really real hidden pandemic that especially we have in the in the modern uh, in our modern society. I, I think about ten percent of the of the adult human population suffer from from severe uh, challenges, darkness, uh, mental health issues. And um, I think the most important thing is to know that uh, that's a completely normal human condition. Mm -hmm. If 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 you have that, you're not uh, abnormal. You're you're it's it's totally fine. And it's important to know that you're not alone. And it's okay that uh, it's also okay to not be okay. And uh, yeah, I I really feel. Um, that the time is right for people who suffer from darkness to also start openly talking about it because it's also part of our own journey, of our own therapy, uh, of, of my own uh, therapy, if, if I talk about it in, in my specific case. so uh, And I also believe that it takes the sting away and it shows other people that they are not alone. And uh, yeah, if, if money can help uh, buy more freedom and, and take care uh, more of your health, etc., I think that's... Uh, uh, that's then a, a very, very good tool to have. Very well said. I think that's a beautiful way to end the content part. We have one last section for you today, the rapid fire questions. Okay. I give you a selection or a question and you have to quickly answer it with the first thought that comes to mind. And uh, if you want, you can also uh, quickly say why you made that choice in one sentence. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. Perfect. Higher salary or higher savings rate? Definitely savings rates because with the higher salary, you can always upgrade your lifestyle and, and the savings rate is always much more important. Absolutely. The wisdom of the Stoics or of the Dalai Lama? <laughs> Actually, both. Um, I started with, with uh, Buddhism and, and ended up with the, with the Stoics. So uh, currently, I prefer the Stoics, but uh, I recommend both. Founder or investor? I think early in your life, founder, it's so much easier to do when you're when you're young. And uh, later, I prefer the, the investor lifestyle. Is there a good age to transition to the investor lifestyle? What would you recommend? I don't know. I, I feel there are many serial entrepreneurs that just want to keep going. And that's that's fine as well. Um, right. and, and they invest on the sides. But yeah, for, for me, it was after my whole uh, Trigami journey and, and the other projects, I, I felt uh, uh, it was it was it was the right time. Um, I have a spontaneous one also to add for real estate, rent or buy? Rent. Why? For me. Um, again, simplifying my life, um, uh, having options to always uh, yeah, move places without having to sell. Also outsourcing the maintenance of, of the property. When, yeah. when you rent, it's all outsourced. So that's... That's uh, my personal choice, but I completely understand if somebody wants to own his, his own house, it's it's totally fine. Right. When it comes to investing, Tesla, ETF or Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, so for the majority of people, um, uh, definitely uh, index ETFs are best uh, part of the world economy, as we talked about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you know what you're doing, then uh, I think all three can, can be part of the mix. Makes sense. 
And in, when it comes to net worth, do you have a magical number in your head that you want to achieve one day? Uh, no, I, I think for me, the, the most important step was to, to, uh, that it is sustainable, that it's, that it covers my, 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 uh, my living expenses. That was the first step, but, but of course, I, I think there might come a time where I, um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm still in the accumulation phase and there might be a phase where I'm more in the, in the giving back phase and, and, uh, yeah, I, I feel that that might come, that might come later. Nice. And the last one for you today, describe a li life well lived in no more than three adjectives. Hmm. Yes. I would say, uh, curious, uh, relaxed and useful. Very nice. I think that's a beautiful way to end today's episode. Remo, thank you again so much for being here. It was a lot of fun and a pleasure to have you as a guest. And I wish you all the best and lots of success with, with the future, whatever it might bring to you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. This episode was brought to you by Swisspreneur's main partner, Clara Business, the digital all-in-one solution for small businesses. Managing internal processes manually and on paper wastes an incredible amount of time. That's why Clara digitizes everything, allowing you to focus on what really matters, your core business. Go to clara.ch to find out how your business administration can be simpler, faster, and more efficient. Again, that's clara.ch.